0: Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And everybody, welcome to another edition here of the Mastro Podcast. With, of course, yours truly, Charles Richie. As we got some updates uh, from Tom Palacero and Ian Rapport of NFL Network. Uh, We'll get to that news in just a second. But it's more in regard to COVID testing. Uh, It seems like uh, that's been one of the biggest things has been the health and safety, the testing uh, by the players, as everyone can imagine, one of the last few days uh, have been really animated about, and we'll see where it goes from here, but other than that, it seems like something will be satisfied, but another little tweak to the preseason, you'll find out here in just a second what that tweak will be, and plus... First off, first and foremost, happy birthday to the late, great Dan Rooney. On this day, he would have turned 88 years old. As you remember, he came into the picture with the Steelers organization in the late 60s, right around the same year. I want to say when they hired Ch- Chuck Noll and brought in Mean Joe Green, big time game changer for the franchise, but also as everyone knows, he was a lot more to people across the board including like uh staying up for uh race minorities a lot more things across the board again if you guys want to feel free to be a part of the conversation today uh you can definitely dial up the hotline today it is 312-209-2232 again that is 312-209-2232 you can also follow me on social media i can be followed on twitter and instagram at project richie at my steel cjr you can also check me out for the Mass Steel podcast on Twitter. It is at Mass Steel CJR, at Mass Steel Nation on Instagram. Hope everyone is having a good weekend so far. I uh, see a lot more uh, stuff uh, happening, a lot more uh, trends uh, happening in society right now. And everyone uh, definitely just needs a big hug and a big fix right now. Uh, the, seeing what's going on right now where it's statues or anything like that but we'll get into that another time but uh, just want to say right now for anyone as an NFL football fan having little concerns right now about the football season being able to start off on time uh, here's the last one here's what we know so far right now according to uh, Tom Pelicero, who broke the news about like 3-4 hours ago uh, and he can be followed on Twitter at Tom Pellicero, and basically what well, he said that the NFL and PA agreed to daily COVID-19 testing for the first two weeks of camp, after which they'll take a look at positive uh, positivity rates. If the rate drops below 5% for players and Tier 1 slash Tier 2 individuals, they'll move every other day. Important deal as uh, talks continue on other issues. I mean, such as, of course, the, the most obvious ones. I mean, the recouping of the loss of revenue right there. I mean, which is gonna be a lot more significant this year than a lot more social than usual with the attendance of fans right now. I mean, that's definitely big one of the big blows right now. But you also start to see some more stuff right now as we start to look at, and even pro football talk was bringing it up right now. I mean, they're may even making a fair point how players are looking at like, what's exactly really guaranteed and players' contracts. I mean, there's still seems to be a debate like when owners sign these uh, players to these deals, it's like, I mean, they seem to be a little bit murky on guarantees. And not necessarily, I don't think it has to be like on performance, but it is just something right now where you just send mixed signals and you just start to wonder right now I mean, how are you taking care of these players? I mean the overwhelming f- perception is just that we got a lot of people right here, nine to five people who are still at home, working from home, but soon enough you're gonna be asking people to start going back to work, especially when you throw into the on top of the equation about schools reopening. And how much of a danger it is. I mean, you got a lot of stuff, like, on the table right here. And I was, like, listening to the first take early this morning, too, and yeah, guys like uh, Steve Day-Smith, I mean, right there, I mean, point out, too, I mean, it's like, you know, how they feel like they're definitely going to be siding with most of the players. I mean, uh, I mean average uh, working people. I mean, more so than on the Orange side. I mean, you just got a lot of like, interesting uh, twists and turns in here. And you really start to think about right here, it's just, what is actually the message right now? And I see a little uh, tweet right here from Bob Papiani, uh, who can be followed on Twitter and Instagram, at A uh, Very special man, enjoy calling into the show. Make sure to check out his show, The Bob Papiani Show, every Saturdays from 11 to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And he just tweeted out saying that the NFL must want something back in return from, millenni- from eliminating all preseason games, right? Wonder what might be. And that's why. I mean, you just hear a lot of murky, interesting scenarios here. We'll get to Dan Rooney here in just a second. But I just, it just it just seems to never fail over the years. How things are right now, we'll see. Well, here's some uh, breaking news right here. Uh, as we take a look at that, was a report 41 minutes ago, according to Pro Football Talk. Uh, Speaking of the devil, by the way, no pun intended, guys. But uh, this was a report at six thirty. I mean, it's at seven thirty p.m. Eastern Time, and I, I must share this uh, news. And this was posted by Shereen Williams, who's actually a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in that regard. And uh, here's what she had to write about the article. And we'll get to that here in uh, just a second. And uh, Shereen Williams, by the way, she just covers the NFL and more particularly the Dallas uh, Cowboys as uh, we look at it. And uh, here's uh, what she had to say in the article right now, according to the report. So right now the FLPA won no preseason games. The NFL wanted two. A compromise was won, but the NFLPA wouldn't give in, so we are headed to a summer without preseason football. The league so far offered the union no preseason games, according to multiple reports. And she goes on to say that the only people that are probably disappointed in this result is the undrafted free agents, who now face even a steeper climb to stick around for the regular season. And she even says that the news is a big step toward starting training camp on time. And remember, I mean, we we just heard, I mean, within the last couple weeks, like they were slicing the preseason games down to two. Uh, As it got till around today, around the corner, they're actually gonna just do it down to one preseason game. But there you have right now, in case those of you tuning in right now, uh, being reported uh, right now by uh, Shereen Williams of Pro Football Talk. Uh, no preseason games for this year, so in case anyone's wondering, we will not be seeing anyone in action this summer. So I gotta believe this is gotta be a huge win for the players right here. You talk about the players who's definitely seems to like go into a losing battle a lot of times. I mean, with a lot of the executives right there. And when you really start to piece things together right here and you, you look at it, I mean, from this, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, before the past, I mean, usually the fan who's getting ready for the team, have we not had this pandemic? I mean, I know there's been back and forth beyond, you know, over the years, I mean, the last few years, where if we wanna see a preseason or not, some people are fine with just people just doing training camp, doing some scrimmages, but, I mean, you look at teams Around the league and I, and I think for More so like the Steelers Who Did a wonderful job In the last few years uh, Other years I would definitely I'd become more Appreciative of it And And the reason why Because you definitely Start to see Like you're I mean pretty much You're just watching Your bench the guys who could Contribute late In this Pre Or in the preseason that could fill up A roster spot And possibly have a potential maybe to earn a starting gig. I mean, we looked at a few guys like maybe like a Mike Hilton that comes to mind right there over the last few years. Ola Denny, even though he's still got to be proven that he could still be uh, not injury prone. I mean, that's a guy who we have not seen enough of yet. And he's a real good prospect. But a lot of times what ends up happening, they get put on these practice squads and... Maybe for off the year they could probably be poached by another team. So I want to hear your reaction right now. Feel free to leave a comment. Uh, if you guys want to see the Instagram stream, I am streaming live on Instagram right now at Metal Steel Nation. You can also tune into the Facebook page right now, the Metal Steel Podcast. Once you hit that like button right there, feel free to uh, just type in the next time Metal Steel Podcast. Or if you want, if you want to just do uh, by the handle. It'll be at Men of Steel Nation right there. So no preseason games. Once again, for those of you tuning in, we will not be seeing any preseason this summer. So just be prepared to hear updates on training camp. But right now, let's go into like um, the honor of the hour right now here. I'm talking about the one and only Dan Rooney. And uh, right now, I mean, Dan Rooney, basically, who in 1960... Started off as director of personnel for the Steelers, uh, his Steeler career, and he's uh, been with the organization pretty much at that point, working alongside his father in that regard for 58 years. 1969 is when he started becoming the managing day-to-day operations of the team, and it was huge and, like, a turnaround in this franchise. I mean, you think of a guy like Dan Verne, you think of a lot of stuff, like a lot of integrity. Fighting for good people. I mean, like, father like son, basically. I mean, this guy really uh, had a lot to do with uh, just uh, not just with the Steelers, but as far as, like, trying to help uh, stand up for, like, a fight against racism, make sure a lot of minorities, blacks in particular, got their fair share of the pie. Or it's being a coach or an executive obviously the executive part needs to be a lot more better in that regard but you see like how much he was to that franchise I mean you always talk about the chief Art Rooney I mean who was I mean years while he was losing with that team for so many years but at the same time too he was a champion off the field and that's pretty much what Dan Rooney was and then some with the Steelers here. I mean, this is a guy who really, I mean, made a lot of key pieces right there. I mean, you can make an argument, too. I mean, their best draft was uh, 1974, where they had four Hall of Famers selected in that year, where you had Lynn Swan with your first overall pick. And of course, John Stallworth, Jack Lambert, and Mike Webster. But before that, I mean, and that was like years removed when you selected guys like Mean Joe Green in 1969. And of course, in 1970, you also had two Hall of Famers in that draft with uh, Terry Bradshaw and Mel Blunt. And uh, there you have it right there. So, I mean, you look at it right there and what ended up happening. I mean, under Dan Rooney, what ended up uh, happening for uh, that part. I mean, under it, I mean, for the overall tenure that he was uh, with the club, and what they're able to uh, produce, he helped contribute at least like a 29 playoff appearances while he was there with them. And uh, I mean, of course, there'll so be the six Super Bowls right there over the years. And just so many ways. And I would like to hear uh, any uh, favorite damn Rooney memories you guys have right now. I mean, what stands out to you? What do you guys think about the most when you think about who he was as a person in the Steelers organization. I would definitely like to welcome your comments right here. For those of you who are uh, tuning into the show, what is your lasting memory when you feel of a guy like like Dan Rooney? What did he mean in your eyes? And as a, as a person, a fan, and, of course, a fan of the Steelers overall with the years. I'd like to hear your thoughts real quick. Uh, you could definitely like uh, hit me up on Twitter. Like I said, you can follow me for the best Steel podcast. It is at C J R Instagram at my Steel Nation. Primarily my uh, primary excuse me, folks. Uh, my primary t- uh, Twitter and Instagram handle at Prodigy Richie. But I will be doing a lot more uh, tweeting and posts on Instagram from the Metal Steel uh, podcast accounts right there. So uh, there you have it, right there. I think when I look at a guy like Dan Rooney I think one of my favorite uh, memories of him I think of the time when Barack Obama got elected Into the office of the White House And I I just thought that was a fun year right there I mean you you saw like the end of the George Bush era right there in 2008 I mean you played The regular season with him And then I think right around that Weekend when he got When he accepted uh, The Acceptance into office. I mean, I think I think it was that weekend where they beat the Chargers, and then they went on to win their sixth and final Super Bowl. But around that time, you saw like a, what he was doing, like a, with President Obama, right there. I mean, basically everything. I mean, he was an ambassador to uh, Ireland. I mean, Obama announced that he had nominated Rooney to become the next ambassador to Ireland. Signing the owner's long-standing support for Irish-American charitable causes. And of course, in 2008, Rooney gave $30,000 to a Democratic Party committee that aided Obama's campaign, according to Seeking Moneyline, a nonpartisan group that tr- tracks political contributions. And I-, I think those are my favorite memories right there. I mean, definitely, you got, like, uh, Dan Rooney's uh, book right now. Uh, when you... That was... That was uh, being written by Jim Rooney here. And uh, that was basically titled A Different Way to Win right there. Uh, you can definitely uh, check it out on Amazon. and uh, many other uh, sites right there. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think of the guy right there. He uh, definitely was a guy. I mean, he was like the Professor X. I mean, more so, I think, than his old man, the chief, Art Rooney. And, I mean, no question, he's the greatest Rooney of the organization all time. It's, it's just a shame. I mean, his Rooney rule that got introduced in 2003, about three years after he got inducted to Hall of Fame. And I mean, don't, don't forget, too. I mean, you you had, I mean, that right there is trying to purpose to get a lot more, like, uh, people of color and minorities, I mean, basically, uh, in there. And, uh, Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, Sickening how That rule is kind of like A a little bit flown by the wayside I mean, it just wasn't Enough, I mean, the only one you got right now Is a guy with the Jaguars right now I mean That guy is Shahid Khan As we look at, but Don't forget, uh, back on July 29th, uh, which will be next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday will be the 20-year anniversary when he went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame along with the likes of Joe Montana. Uh, You also have Roddy Lott. I mean, Joe Montana's battery mate on defense. Howie Long. And, of course, one other person that went in there with him was also Dave Wilcox. I don't know about anyone, too. I, I know this year's Hall of Fame had to get passed up uh, this year. I mean, it's not going to be happening, but how many people like the Hall of Fame structure right now? Does anyone miss it where the Pro Football Hall of Fame ceremonies happen during the day as opposed to nighttime, or how do people like it right now? I personally tend to like the nighttime. I like the lighting a lot better. It seems like a lot more cooler to watch. And to be honest, just if it's on during the day, I, it's, it, I usually miss it. Nine times out of ten than anything. And I, I liked how they like uh fix that. And uh I mean those those are special things that stand out for me. The man, the myth, and the legacy right there. Also, too, I do wanna like uh pull out a big uh special shout out uh to uh Bob Papiani uh right now uh who had some uh awesome uh news right there. Congratulations to uh him and his uh, daughter right now, uh, Chelsea right now, uh, gave uh, birth to a new uh, child right now, a, a daughter and a granddaughter. Congratulations Bob right there. He's grandfather once again. Uh, they're gonna be having their new, had their new daughter earlier today, uh, four hours ago, uh, born around 3, 3.30 Eastern time. So I just wanna just pay a special shout out and congratulations to him and the family right there well-deserved, uh, just gave birth today and avoided a C-section right there. Uh, so uh, congratulations, That that is some wonderful news right there and uh, couldn't be any more uh, prouder, and uh, just a real uh, great man in my opinion. In my opinion, I consider uh, Bob right there, I mean, we're calling in on his shows or whatever. I mean, uh, I mean, just a mentor, the way he handles things on a show and uh, I just a I real great great engaging personality with uh, Pittsburgh, in my opinion. And I, I just wanted to say, uh, couldn't happen to a better guy right there. And so well, let's get back to it. So for those of you uh, tuning in right now, what's got to do? I want highlight the main news, aside from Dan Rooney. No preseason games this year. The NFL and NFLPA have agreed to it. So uh, you heard it right here on the Man of Steel podcast breaking the news here and uh, what we'll, we'll see uh, hopefully that's definitely one good encouraging step I mean for some definitely some uh, unity and some closure over time and not not too many things you see often go the players way but this is something that I think needed to happen this year I can understand not having any games I, I'm fine with that I think definitely the right thing we're going to go into a little bit of fair file foul of what the preseason. I'm sure you guys could read lips about what I'm trying to say there in a the moment, but we'll definitely get to that uh, soon and uh, shortly here. So let's also take a look at some more other news too because we're also looking into it too. So here's the details right now. The players, once again, they'll need to produce uh, multiple negative tests before they're allowed to be in the building for physicals or team activities. And... That's one thing that the NFL has been observing from the other leagues, where it's like the NBA or Major League Baseball. Uh, take it slow, according to NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills, says test results expected within 24 hours. So, I mean, the only question is, and I mentioned this on my shows before, and I even tweeted about this earlier today and uh, with a guy, uh, Drew Stevens, too. I had... On my show a couple weeks ago with Josh Hicks, by the way, uh, from We Are Regal Radio, right there, and you can follow him at his my paper and that guy Josh Hicks. But basically, uh, the thing is, right there. I mean, when you look at it, why not do a bubble environment? I mean, granted, I think football, you're gonna be definitely away from your family at, at least. I mean, no doubt about it, close to seven months. I mean, five five months, I mean, when you're including preseason and regular season. I mean, there, I mean, there's just so much, like, little rules along the ways and stipulations how, like, if they could spend the night at hotels or whatever. I mean, the night of the games or whatever, how they got self quarantine. I know one of the things, too, with the announcers, though, they definitely had to be wearing masks. And including guys like uh, coordinators who are in the booth right there. They have to make sure their errors are definitely being wiped down. But I mean, you look at all this uh, self quarantining, and I go back and forth with a friend of mine too. Uh, he's called the caveman on the mic, Paul Campels. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at It's Me, C 47 And I, I know it, it's, it's a lot like uh, definitely uh, complicated, murky. But we've had discussions It's just how are you going to get Like you know If you grudge a situation Where a whole team Is got to be self quarantined And if you test these guys I mean when you got Millions of people being tested Around the world How are these tests Going to get back in time You know Is it going to be like You know Put on high priority Where this is not going to be uh, Delayed And so forth I just really like to think right now. I mean, the NFL, I'm just glad they show some sort of sympathy towards players. Finally giving in. No preseason games. Because I'll be honest with you. Because you know what? The thing is, too. I mean, we even saw, like, late last night, too, on Twitter, from uh, JJ Watt. And I'll pull that up in just a second here. What he was pointing out as we looked at it, and uh, let's see what it was, and here, here we go. And he was saying, once again, an interest of keeping players and fans as informed as possible. Here's an updated list of what we as players know and don't know as a first group gets set to report train camp tomorrow. He says, we want to play, we want to be safe as possible. The NFL can mandate that players show up to training camp regardless of any agreement has been reached between the NFL and NFLPA. We still have not granted a full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. We still do not know if there will be daily testing, but I mean, of course, that testing ha- has been answered today. It's going to be at least every day for the first two weeks of camp, and then if, if it's less than 5%, of be more like around every other day. I mean, you already got one thing checked off. I mean, where they know or not if there will be any preseason games or not. Well, that's been off the table right now according to Pro Football Talk. And we still do not know how positive COVID tests will be handled in regards to others in close contact in the huddle directly engaged with, etc. He also goes on to say a strong and fair opt-out clause for those at high risk or those with family members at high risk, has still not been agreed upon. If players do show up on time, they can be fined or considered in breach of contract, even if health and safety protocols have not been agreed upon, or infectious disease emergency response, players have been approved. We want to play. And of course, I mean, you're seeing that a lot, I mean, with... uh, like, many sports leagues, many athletes right now. I mean, it's not just their health, but it is also their families right there. I mean, you see many guys, like, in the NBA where it's Avery Bradley or Rajon Rondo right there. Well, not Rajon Rondo. I mean, more Avery Bradley. But you see guys right there. I mean, I mean you saw a guy in baseball, too, who actually just had uh, twins. And he's the catcher for the Giants. I can't think of his name right now, but... Because uh, they're, I think they're uh, premature twins, and so I mean you look at stuff like that, and it just goes to show you right now. Because the thing is, I mean concussions is one thing a decade ago, which is still going on, but let's just say if these players did play, and they came home to their family, their families got affected by them picking up COVID. Or interacting with other players in the locker room, or regular activities, you know. Because remember, we're not just talking health. I mean, respiratory in your bloodstream, but possibly death right here. So I mean, that's the thing. It's just it just seems like the the NFL right now they're just more hell bent. I'm just trying to get a season. They want to just like uh, enforce their will. And, sh- and just do it because we can. It's almost like there's a lot of pride factor on the line. It's like we don't want to be like the sport that looks like where we got to go through a shortened season. We're going to start it. We're going to finish it. And I don't know how much of a foolish mistake that is. But you better darn sure believe. I mean, if this stuff goes down, we're going to have some problems here. So aside from uh, that note, let's get into a more... Uh, Steelers notes Real quick as regards According to uh, CBS uh, Pittsburgh and 93.7 The Fan Reporter and anchor Josh Roundtree Who we followed On uh, Twitter Basically uh, Josh uh, Roundtree He can be followed On Twitter At JRound32 He reports that The Steelers have waived tight end Christian Scotland Williamson. He's a former rugby player from England who spent a couple years with the team for the NFL's international player pathway. And if I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's one of the guys right there who was an exception to the being on the practice squad. So there you have it, right there. That's an update right there for uh, today. So Scott. Christian Scotland Williamson, uh, he has been waived. Just kind of give everybody an update. Now let's go ready to go. Get right into it. Let's get ready to go into some uh, fair or foul right now. Fair or foul topic number one. Steve, and uh, this was our report reported by uh, Missy Matthews and noted. I mean, we talk about Blitzberg for over the years. I mean, when you think about like the Steady Steel Kurt, with uh, me, Joe Green, and those guys right there. I mean, you, you looked. like, the sacks they had in that year. And I think in uh, 1974, back in the day, I remember this, team sacks were still recognized, but just not individual sacks. But when we look at what they did in that Super Bowl run in uh, 1974, and what they were able to do here, that was a team right there who had 52 sacks that year. And I believe it went down the following year in uh, 1975. Yeah, so that was 43. But uh, the, the Steelers' uh, defense, uh, more in particular right now uh, with that, uh, they're looking to become the eighth team in NFL history to record four straight seasons of 50 or more sacks. The only seven teams that were able to do it and who had the most sacks within that five year span as follows. One, Mike Dicka and Buddy Ryan's Monsters of the Midway Chicago Bears from 1983 through 1987. They had five straight years of 50 or more sacks. In those total five years, they had 319 sacks with an 11.5 sack percentage, with their highest being, which was in 1984, which is the regular season record for most sacks of the season, with 72 sacks. And I think the Vikings came close to that. I think they missed it by one or two sacks. I think they had 70 or 71 in 1989 or 1990. Next up. You have the Washington NFL team. And I'm not going to say their name since they retired their name last week. You know who I'm talking about. Um, I'll just call them for right now the Washington Hogs, I guess you could say. Why not? They had for five seasons of 50 or more sacks. They had 277 sacks total with a 9.4 sack percentage. The Dallas Cowboys. Tom Landry's Cowboys. So that was Joe Gibbs' uh, Washington team. Now for Tom Landry and the Dallas Cowboys, a Doomsday Defense. They had 280 sacks in a five-year span with 9.7 sack percentage. Then you had the then-LA Raiders, who shortly transitioned away from the Oakland Raiders. They had four seasons of or more sacks, 249 sacks. Cowboys had 280. Oh, excuse me, so uh, Chicago Bears with uh, 319. Then the Cowboys with 280 sacks. Washington NFL team with 277. Then you had the uh, LA Raiders with 249 sacks in four seasons. With uh, Tom Flores and his uh, team. And then you also had uh, Phil, Bill Parcells and Lawrence Taylor in the Giants. Four seasons of 50 more sacks. 234 total, 9.6 sack percentage. Then you have Bill Walsh and George Seifert, San Francisco 49ers team from 1983 to 1986, 219 sacks, 8.7 percentage. And last but not least, uh, Buddy Ryan's uh, Philadelphia Eagles. The last two, uh, the, the last two years, but the first two years of him coaching, he had 223 sacks in four years. There was also at least 113 sacks prior to him getting there. That was in 1984, 1985. Remember, he didn't become the head coach until 1986 after the Bears won the Super Bowl. So just to recap, again, you got the Chicago Bears, Monsters, of Midway, 319 sacks in five years from 1983 to 1987, the Washington NFL franchise with 277 sacks. I mean, uh, no, the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me. Dallas Cowboys, 280 sacks from 1983 to 1987. Then the Washington NFL team with 277 sacks in five seasons. The LA Raiders with 249 sacks in four seasons. Giants with 234 sacks in four seasons. Niners with 219 sacks in four seasons. And the Eagles with 223 sacks in four seasons right now. And basically right now the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point uh, when we look at it too I mean when we look at what they've been able to uh, do in this uh, time and everything And you talk about the new uh, Blitzburg here I mean by the way who uh, actually at, at this uh, point when we take a look at them and what they've been able to do I mean they had about 56 sacks Uh, back in 2017, which is a new franchise record uh, by the franchise. They've broken the record of the 2001 team. So you had 56 that year, followed by the next year you had, I want to say it was 52 sacks in 2018. And then uh, this past year, back in 2019, uh, with that, you have fifty-four sacks. So you have one hundred and sixty-two sacks in three years. So let's see if they can do it again. Fair file, they'll become the eighth team. I'll say fair for right now. But again, it's, it's still depend a lot right now. If most of the players are going to be uh, reporting, or going to be playing the season. Will any of them have a chance to opt out other contracts? Get an exception this year. I think the date for that is August 1st. But I tell you what, we'll have no preseason games. I think that was a lot more encouraging where we may see teams still gear up for the season. And we'll see what happens right there. Then last but not least, fair file topic number two. The NFL season will start on time. I will say fair for right now. And I think it's just only significant because you only have to worry about training camp. Might Much more virtual camp, but again, right now, we do got the dates uh, set for uh, training camp right now as we look at it. And uh, here are the dates uh, for training camp as we uh, learned for that. Let's see. And uh, this is reported on uh, July 18th. Uh, by 93.7 The Fan and Bob Papiani. Rookies will be reporting tomorrow on July 21st. And then two days later on Thursday, quarterbacks and injured players, July 23rd. And July 28th is the mandatory date, which will be a week from tomorrow where all teams around the league will have to report by camp. And there you have it. So I'm going to say fair that it will start on time. And uh, that's all we got uh, for today's edition here of the Steel Podcast. I just want to say thank you very much. For taking the time to uh, tune in Once again as always uh, Again uh, Like I said happy birthday to the man And the legend And for and definitely One of the true Steeler icons Of this franchise Dan Rooney here And we'll see what happens here in the next coming weeks uh, Plus I'm going to try and work with uh, bringing back on A guest here in due time But other than that like I said, hope everyone continues to stay safe. Ha- I mean, stay safe, healthy, and hopefully we'll get some uh, more happier news along the way. This has definitely been a trying summer so far with everything going on in our world. Aside from that, but just want to say my prayers and thoughts are with everyone. Uh, hopefully we find an answer that fits everyone and that is uh, safer uh, for all generations. Words, Black Lives Matter. Uh, minorities, and people of a, a skin color. I mean, everybody needs all the love that we can get. As always, leave it for the Man of Steel podcast. Don't be trolling, be rolling. Here we go, Stereos. Here we go. I gone.